community was connected in a sense that back then they had supercomputers, very different than the ones on our phones. Um, but these monster machines with reams of paper, NASA was this far away thing that was in our neighborhood. Welcome to Forward with NACI, inspiring entrepreneurial action, a podcast that shares the stories of everyday entrepreneurs, entrepreneurial leaders, and the communities that support us. We hope that this diverse collection of stories brings you inspiration, inspires you to take action, and ignites entrepreneurship in your community as we make our way forward together. Welcome to this episode of Forward with Macy. I'm really excited to have a special guest in our studio today who's coming to us to really share uh, some inspiration and some some opportunities that maybe you haven't thought of before. So it's my pleasure to welcome Tori Johnson to the program. How are you doing today, Tori? I'm doing great, Dr. Corbin. It's a pleasure to be with you and all of your listeners. Thank you so much. And uh, again, thank you for for noting our listeners. Our audience has grown uh, substantially because we get great guests uh, like yourself. So let's jump right into it. Just share with us, Tori, a little bit about who you are and some of the experiences in your life that brought you to doing the work that you're doing today. Sure. It's really interesting when you ask that question and we think about the totality of our experiences actually bring us to moments. And so I am a a product of the Washington, D.C. area, grew up in the suburbs in Maryland, went to public STEM school uh, here in the area, Eleanor Roosevelt High School. We shot those folks out, the Raiders. Um, I then uh, had the opportunity to go to Syracuse University, so I went a little north. I actually did not major in STEM actually majored in business and uh, organizational behavior. I sort of had an affinity for numbers. But I was drawn to NASA because my high school was right down the street from Goddard Space Flight Center. And so my mom had worked there. Others I had known, we used to say, what goes on behind those gates? Mm -hmm. Um, And so my experiences over time had really led me, one, not to spend a lot of time in the STEM field, but a lot in education. So tutoring, uh, coaching of students and classmates, uh, working in that space, but always really close to the environment. Uh, so much so that after graduating from college, um, I was doing the, you know, we do the work that we do when we're starting our careers. Uh, but I started to work in local communities working back in education, setting up spelling bees, figuring out how we would provide funding for students through financial aid. And so I've always had this love, dare I say passion, I know it's used a lot, uh, but I'm working with students and working with their families. And so full circle, I had an opportunity uh, to move into STEM full-time. So people might think you work at NASA. I'd work with scientists and engineers, work with university colleagues, a number of folks in and around the great work that NASA does. But it wasn't until about uh, six or seven years ago where I really got to hone in in that space. I was able to work with uh, tribal colleges and universities, uh, which are overwhelmingly community college or two-year institutions, and then broaden that to the role that I'm currently in, uh, which is serving as the national program manager uh, for the Minority University Research and Education Project, uh, focused 
on minority serving institutions. Yeah. And I want to get into that, but I want to back up for just a second too, because there are so many things that, that you talked about that I don't want people to miss out on. And I think predominantly your career path, you know, you, you have been open. I found you to be a very, or find you to be a very curious person. Like you're always wondering, like, how can I fix that? You know, what, how can we make students more successful? How can we, how might we, which is really the language of the entrepreneur. And so you mentioned going to Syracuse University. Uh, One of the partnerships that NACI, uh, my organization is really proud of is the Institute for uh, Veterans and Military Affairs and this STRIVE program that that takes veterans and um, basically, you know, supports them, runs them through a program that allows them to take the skills that they've learned in the military through their service and and apply it to a business. So it teaches Mm -hmm. them a different language. And as you were speaking, I was thinking about what a a great institution uh, Syracuse University is, but really how you followed this path to doing what you're doing today. And you mentioned NASA. So I'm sure everybody else is wondering the same thing. So what does go on behind those gates? And maybe you could share with us before we dive into the work that you're doing today, um, some of the things that happen there, maybe that you've learned from uh, family members or that you you would feel comfortable sharing from your own experience. Absolutely. So I will mention that I used to ride my bike not too far as a as a child, not too far from Goddard Space Flight Center in uh, Maryland. On occasion, many years ago, you could really just take a peek. Every now and then, uh, the center would open its gates and would allow the community to come in and see what kinds of work it was doing, what kinds of experiments, and there'd be rocket competitions on the weekend. And you just got to envision for a moment what it was like at this big agency, this space agency. The community was connected in a sense that back then they had supercomputers, very different than the ones on our phones, Um, but these monster machines with reams of paper. NASA was this far away thing that was in our neighborhood. And so you fast forward that I really didn't consider that there are so many different careers within STEM. I didn't envision that someone with a background in business and operations and and really likes connecting people and things, uh, an integrator of sorts is what I what I uh, you know fancy myself to be, that all of these roles, uh, these very diverse uh, backgrounds, of people, and you mentioned veterans and others, people who have uh, different skill sets that can be applied in different settings. Um, I found uh, this agency to be a wonderful place and just exciting. Uh, just like I said, the the notion of space, but space here on Earth. So I often uh, tell people that NASA also studies the greatest planet, I think, in the whole uh, <laughs> galaxy, and that's the blue marble here on Earth. Blue Marvel. I love that. That's so cool. And as it was reminding me of that movie Hidden Figures. And one of the programs that Nazi is so proud of and our partner that we absolutely love is um, Verizon. And the Verizon Foundation does so many innovative things um, working with nonprofit partners like us. Mm-hmm. 
And one of the things, the the highlights that we've had over there are very there are many of them, is um, with these middle school students, both young men and, and young ladies who um, learn about STEM. Some of them knew nothing about STEM to begin with, and they would get exposed to people like you, and they would learn and watch movies together, like the one I just mentioned. So it's a great backdrop to see that you know your passion, which I agree is overused, but certainly <laughs> it's infused yes. through uh, everything that you. Do. Tell us more about what you're doing today, because I think sure. that work could be and, and is very, very game changing. So, so tell us about your role. What does a, a day in the life of Tori Johnson look like? So specifically, if we take this backdrop, I work with underrepresented and underserved students and institutions in STEM. That if I put it in just one sentence, we go about the business of ensuring that there's STEM content, there are STEM opportunities, and that there's appropriate funding to make those things happen in those communities. That can show up through funding what we call minority-serving institutions or MSIs. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those are generally known to folks as historically Black colleges and universities, um, Hispanic-serving tribal colleges I mentioned earlier and others that support those diverse sets of students and the institutions that they might attend all over the country. And so often, uh, these institutions don't have sufficient funds to actually walk out their mission in STEM. And so we realize as a space agency, as a federal agency, that we have a job to get our unique content. We love the things that we do at NASA. Um, So how do we share that with K through 12 students? How do we share that, share that with higher ed? And then beyond that, what goes on post-graduation and those transitions or off-ramps into the workforce? A day in my life uh, often is somewhat boring for some folks, but I have a lot of meetings and a lot of opportunities to share like we're doing today, where I get to share how we engage, which actually, j- just as you mentioned, one of your partners Uh, Partnerships is really key. I spend a lot of time trying to find other institutions, majority and minority, private and public partnerships, state, local. Um, How do we get this NASA message and the appropriate funding into as many students' locations as possible, as many states as possible, uh, so that we can actually scale efforts to engage more students with STEM. And so we don't want geographic boundaries. Um, We're really looking at ways similar, again, to this discussion, how we can engage more community college students, veterans, and others in their STEM journey. And we sort of say that's the, the, this continuity or continuum of students finding their own STEM identity. Um, And as you mentioned earlier, it's a big piece of how do I see myself in STEM? Do I know what STEM is? And how do we consistently aid them to a place where they can be persistent and find their way? Yeah, I think, gosh, it's such an 
a laudable goal and it, it is can be very transformational for people, especially populations uh, like you mentioned, uh, minority serving institutions and uh, community colleges that serve, you know, predominantly um, underrepresented groups or, or people that don't have sometimes the opportunities or resources. Yes. And it was funny as I was listening to you uh, ask the question in an entrepreneurial way, like how might we connect I was thinking about the prior conversation that we had about the vision and purpose of NACI, which is really to provide that network. We just came off of our 20th anniversary conference in Boston, where we celebrated two decades and we had people from 46 states and thinking about, you know, the 330 colleges that partner with us, both community colleges, a growing number of historically black colleges and universities. And that's what we do as an organization is find people like you with resources and stories like this that cause people in every community, whether they're in Texas or New York or Philadelphia or, you know, somewhere in Columbus, Ohio, to think about things in a different way. And, And I think that's really the power of partnerships. So Tori, I'd love for you to share with our audience, maybe some of the the partners, the key partners that you have. I know Nacy's uh, excited to invite you to present at our conference in Nashville next year, uh, right over this time period. But uh, who else do you you work with? What are some of your other partner um, organizations and what do you all do together? Sure. It's, It's a fantastic question. We often say at NASA that we don't go alone. Right, we go with others for this great mission that we have, and and most of you are aware that um, we've embarked on the Artemis mission, um, and so we're looking to take the first woman of color to the moon, um, mm. and we're also looking to go forward to Mars. And so, in order to do that, you have to have great partners. Um, a number of them, uh, you know, you're familiar with the SpaceXs of the world um, and the Boeings of the world, but it's also those smaller institutions. It could be uh, a NACI. Uh, it could be some of the affinity groups that are working uh, with students. So it could be like a NSBE um, that's focused on uh, the National Society of Black Engineers, or it could be an ACES that's working on science and engineering with Indigenous students. So we have this sort of uh, mix of partners, um, not all funded partners, some are connections, um, some is for expanding uh, mutually beneficial goals, um, but it's also how do we create better access, greater access uh, for students in those institutions. We, as NASA in Europe, uh, within the Office of STEM Engagement, don't have all of the knowledge, right? And so in order to get more knowledge, to disseminate more information, we connect with folks who are connected to other constituencies. And so we recognize that while we are funded by Congress to engage those communities, we need to also have other connections. And so our desire is to build up research capacity, institutional capacity at some of these minority serving institutions, and it's all for the benefit of student success. And so uh, we really value uh, connecting with private you know, companies are working with the Microsofts of the world. Um, I don't want to go name dropping, but there are a number of those institutions that are also looking to grow STEM relationships uh, with students. And so we recognize that their distribution model is different than ours. 
And so we can come together and figure out what that looks like. But I'd also say that partnerships uh, can also be with other agencies. So we are currently working with the Department of Education in their upward bound uh, Mm -hmm. and trio model, uh, which allows us to engage uh, historically Black colleges and universities and other predominantly Black institutions with their bridge efforts. So those high school students who are looking to go to college, how do we infuse that NASA content over some summer programs that, again, aids them in finding their STEM identity? So partnerships are everything. That's great. And it sounds like I loved what you said about not all our funded relationships, because it's interesting, Nacy, we obviously have a number of foundations and, and others that support us financially, but some of our our, our strongest partners actually don't fund us. They, they are people that we collaborate with. Yes. Or maybe they give us a little tiny bit of funding. So it doesn't, in the overall scheme of things, um, but it's just that sharing of knowledge, the sharing of resources, sort of the co, what we call the co-creation. On this, oh, yes. Uh, I love that. Beautiful, beautiful planet. So I want to tell you one fun thing, and I want you to tell me one fun story before we wrap up. But sure. one of the, the things that I have the pleasure of is working with a lot of community colleges all over the place. And people might not realize this, but Uh, Many students come to the community college to get entrepreneurial information. They may have an MBA, they may have a law degree. And that was the case with a couple of folks that I met several years ago. They came to a community college. Actually, this is one in Canada. They were attorneys and they wanted to get information on IP and how to set up a business their business idea is they wanted to, you know, get the IP to harvest asteroids. And that was like their passion, which I thought was crazy. But every once in a while, I think about (laughs) it because I think sometimes the ideas that are sort of floating around in space are the ones that really captivate people. So why don't you close us out, Tori, with maybe a story or a fact that you want to share with people if they want to learn more about how they might plug in either, um, you know, to opportunities that you're um, seeking for students or uh, partnerships or things like that, and then how they can contact you. Sure. Uh, And thank you again for the opportunity in the forum. I'll tell you this, you mentioned entrepreneurship, and I I wanted to share it earlier. Uh, We have an effort called MITIC, uh, M-I-T-T-I-C, and I'll spell that out. But it's really an opportunity for student teams to marry their entrepreneurial and business spirit with STEM. And so we find intellectual property IPs that NASA owns, and we have students compete in what we call a space tank, sort of like Shark Tank. Mm -hmm. And they get to take that intellectual property and spin it. They get to create something new and novel that represents them and their team, and they get to share. One, it's about teaming and partnering but it's also about public speaking. It's also about balancing your budget, but it's all about how do I share something that could be advanced? And some of these teams have actually, after their presentations, and it gets judged by professionals um, at some of those companies we shared, some of those partners, um, these students then have an opportunity to go visit uh, Silicon Valley. Uh, They get to visit uh, some of these uh, very forward-thinking spaces where you know, you can literally throw ideas on a wall. Um, they also get to visit our Johnson Space Center in Houston, Texas. 
but it really allows them to think so far outside of the box and it rewards free thinking. And so within our programs, and that's just one example, we really uh, want to highlight the entrepreneurial spirit. We like the notion of the scientific process, uh, this idea of trial and error, uh, of going back to what you wanted to create. And even though it doesn't work, you go back again and refine it. Um, And so we are really uh, desiring to model that spirit of research of, like I said, entrepreneurship, of innovation, uh, the utilization of technology. And so folks can reach out to us. Uh, We're a hashtag OSTEM, O-S-T-E-M, or you could also do hashtag MUREP, M-U-R-E-P. We have hundreds of websites, but if you go to that nasa.gov and you put the backslash and hit OSTEM or OSTEM MIRAP, uh, you will find a plethora uh, of <laughs> options for students, for faculty, for institutions, funding opportunities, internship opportunities, and fellowships. And we hope that your community and your listeners uh, will go out to those sites and avail yourself of all the resources. We thank you so much. Well, Tori, thank you so much. You are such a great spokesperson for NASA, and I hope people are listening will jump on those hashtags and really uh, think about, you know, plugging into your work. So um, thank you again, and I wish you and, and everyone who's listening today to have a wonderful day. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you will continue to explore the many ways to define entrepreneurship with NACI as we celebrate opportunity, failing forward, and success, learning from one another along the way. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform and follow at NACI on social media and learn more about us at NACI.com forward slash podcast. Stay tuned for a new episode each week. We look forward to making our way forward together with you. Have you heard the exciting news? NACI recently released a new publication titled The NACI Playbook, Volume 1, all about how entrepreneurial mindset sets the new standard for success in communities and colleges. The NACI Playbook digs into entrepreneurial mindset and how practicing leadership with this framework creates an agile culture with space to innovate, co-create, fail forward, and accelerate growth. Entrepreneurship and entrepreneurial leadership require us to lean in, anticipate and recognize trends, manage change, be resilient, take risks, reflect, and rest in the knowledge that anything is possible. Learn from our innovative, insightful, generous network who navigates both challenges and opportunities entrepreneurially as we share what we've learned and how you might apply their experience to your work. We hope you'll be as inspired as we were. Learn more at www dot nacyplaybook dot com